Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, wa salatu wa salamu ala ashrafil anbiya'i wal mursaleen, wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in amma ba'd. Fa'audhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim, bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Ya ayyuhal nasu, inna khalaqnakum min dhakarin wa untha, wa ja'alna shu'uban wa qaba'ila lita'arafu. Inna akramakum indallahi atqaqum. In Allah My dear respected, most honorable elders, beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. First of all, uh, I humbly request some of the brothers who are scattered towards the sides and the back, if you are able to do so, to come forward. May Allah bless you, put barakah into your uh, time. May Allah put barakah into uh, the effort that you exerted to to arrive here on time for Jum'ah to listen to to the khutbah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept it from you and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enable each and every one of you to benefit from it. First of all, we begin by thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by glorifying and praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for enabling us with this unique opportunity to congregate in his house worship him to glorify him to send salutations upon his messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallama and we pray that Allah azza wa jal will continue to facilitate such opportunities for us in the future inshallah ta'ala now just a few days ago the 11th of july is marked as srebrenica memorial day this is when uh, this is an EU designated day, so it's not a day that we just remember for no reason. And in July in 1995, in Srebrenica, Bosnian Serb militia lined up and killed over 8,000 men and boys. They buried their bodies in mass graves. They forcibly deported thousands and thousands of uh, predominantly Muslim Bosnians, women and children. There was systemic or systematic rape of those women and children. It's one of the worst genocides uh, of the last century. And I know it's quite a somber topic, but I felt it's imperative that not only do we remember those individuals, we remember why they died, for what reason they were killed. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds us in the Quran, you know, prior to Islam in the days of Jahiliyyah, people would bury their daughters alive, people would kill their daughters. They believed, they had this uh, ignorant belief that their sons were better, their daughters would bring them bad luck. So when their daughters were born, they were afraid of revealing that truth to the public out of fear of being ostracized by the public. So they would just take them in the middle of the night, bury them alive in a grave and, and be gone with them and never think about them again. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions this in the Quran when Allah azza wa jal says, وَإِذَا الْمَوْؤُودَةُ سُئِلَتْ بِأَيِّ ذَنْبٍ قُتِلَتْ 
when the mauda when the buried little girl is going to ask on that day on yawmul qiyamah bi ayyi dhanbin qutilat for what reason was she killed what reason what did she do that was so bad that was so evil so reprehensible that she needed to die such a merciless death so allah reminds us or reminds the sahaba ikram in the quran of events that took place in the days of jahiliya so they wouldn't repeat their mistakes so they would learn from them and so that they would understand that islam gives them honor islam makes them better human beings in exactly the same way evil events that took place throughout history going back to the time of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam irrespective of who was killed here we're talking about 8000 muslims muslim bosnians and we're not talking about this event taking place in a village in uh, in uh, in arabia or in asia 200 300 400 years ago we're talking about 1995 in western europe that this happened in civilized western europe that such a massacre took place and it's imperative that we remember it we learn from it we make dua for the deceased and we look towards our religion for comfort and that's why our religion is there allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a source of comfort for us the life of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam should be a source of comfort for us it's not the other way around it shouldn't be the opposite where we we get uncomfortable when we talk about allah and his prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam you see these events have happened throughout time massacres have taken place people have been killed women have been raped children young children have been murdered mercilessly that's happened but in each and every massacre there's a lesson for us to learn who we are as a community who we are as human beings what's our responsibility upon this earth and we if we continue this mass murder and this hatred and intolerance for one another we're no better than those individuals about whom the angels said to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are you going to are you going to create a nation are you going to create a community that's going to create fitna spread mischief on the land and spread blood and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to them i know that which you don't know and this is on the creation of adam alayhi salam our father adam and it reminds us when we talk about adam alayhi salam that we came from one father we came from one mother as a community and now look how we have spread out all over the earth so whenever you kill someone whenever you hurt, harm someone whenever you hurt someone you're hurting a member of your own community don't think you're hurting a member of somebody else's community or somebody else's race somebody else's religion and inshallah i will explain how you see just in the last century if you look at the massacres that have taken place 
In Srebrenica, it was the Bosnian Serb militia's intent to destroy every last Muslim from the region. It was ethnic cleansing. That's exactly what it was. In Rwanda, it was the marauding Hutu gangs intent to destroy the Tutsis. During the Holocaust, it was the Nazis intent to wipe out all of the Jews from Europe. Now, when you look at the common element within all ethnic cleansing and genocides, what you will find is a deep intolerance, a horrific hatred for the other, and a feeling of superiority. Now, in order to, for you to be intolerant of somebody else, you have to feel superior over them. You see, the Nazis, they felt superior. The Aryan race, were the perfect race, the perfect people, the perfect community. And they regarded Jews, Muslims, members of other race, black people as inferior. They thought they were the best race that was ever created. In exactly the same way, every genocide that you will see, it comes from a deep intolerance and a deep hatred for the other. For reasons of superiority. Everybody thinks that they are superior over the other. And this is something that we need to learn from our religion. What does our religion have to say about feeling that you're superior over the other? Feeling that somebody else is beneath you, somebody else is inferior to you. In Islam, we have to understand and we have to believe. And this is our religion telling us explicitly that there is absolutely no hatred of anybody else. Differentiation between peoples is either that we have a, a, a different race or that we have different ethnicities, we have different colors, we come from different parts of the world, we have different nationalities, we come from different countries, and we may have different religions. Apart from your religion, everything else that I mentioned are things that you are born with, you cannot control. You didn't ask to be born in Pakistan. You didn't ask to be born in Libya. You didn't ask to be born in Syria or Afghanistan. You didn't ask. You were born there. You didn't choose the color of your skin. You didn't choose who your mother and father were. The only thing that you had a choice in was your religion. That's it. That's the only thing that you had a choice in. You cannot change anything else. So as Muslims, we have to believe that the position that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed us in, the skin that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed us in, the place where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed us with the parents and the communities and the families that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us, that's exactly what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala intended for each and every one of us. That's his divine, divine decree. And we have to believe in it wholeheartedly. Each and every one of us comes from a common ancestor. We should never forget that. Even when we look at, look towards others with distrust, 
whether they be non-Muslims. We still have to understand that even those non-Muslims and us, we came from a common ancestor. So there has to be that level of tolerance for each other. There has to be that level of, uh, of companionship. Because we're both, me and my non-Muslim counterpart, we both live upon this earth. We both have a duty upon this earth. And that duty must be fulfilled. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran, Ya ayyuhannasu inna khalaqnakum min dhakarin wa untha. O people, not O Muslims, O people, we've created you from a male and a female. وَجَعَلْنَا شُعُوبًا وَقَابَائِلًا لِتَعَارَفُوا And we've made you into nations and tribe لِتَعَارَفُوا so, so you may get to know one another. إِنَّ أَكْرَمَكُمْ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ أَتْقَاكُمْ You see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this verse first states People, we've created you from a man and a woman. Then we've made you into nations and tribes. We've split you up all over the world. You've increased your progeny. You become different races, different groups of people. Reminding us that we came from one man and one woman. Allah has made us into different nations and tribes. We've split up. But then Allah reminds us of one thing. The best of you are not those who have the whitest of skin or who have the blackest of skin. The best of you are not those who come from a certain part of the world. The best of you are not those who, uh, who come from a different part of the world. No. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds us, Indeed, the most noblest, the best from among you, the most honored from among you, according to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, The ones who are the most God conscious, the ones who are the most pious. The best from among us are those who worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sincerely and are the best human beings. Inna Allaha alimun khabir. Indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most knowing and the most acquainted. Here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explicitly in this verse tells us you're no better than anybody else. Don't think you're better just because you have a different nation, you have a different tribe, and this tribalism still exists. It still exists. No matter where you come from. If you're from Pakistan, you're from India, you're from Bangladesh, you're from any part of South Asia. If you come from the Arab world, that tribalism still exists. People from certain tribes think they're better than others. This is exactly what the Prophet ﷺ came to do away with. And the Prophet ﷺ's congregation in the, is the greatest testament to, to, uh, to togetherness and to jama'ah. This is why the Prophet ﷺ encouraged people to come together. You know when he said, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, and he turned around after his prayer. Do you think he just saw the leaders from the the most noblest Quraysh tribe. Only them were allowed to stand. And do you think there was a hierarchy? First, uh, first uh, uh, soft behind the, uh, behind the Prophet Sallallahu the Quraysh, then others, then others, and right at the back, the slaves and everybody else. 
No, there was no hierarchy. When the Prophet wasallam said salam and he turned around, he saw the leaders of the Quraysh like Abu Bakr, like Umar and Ali. They were from the Quraysh tribe. But then he also saw the likes of, you also know that the Prophet had behind him the likes of Bilal. He had the likes of Salman. He had different groups of people, different types of people, different colors, different races. Everybody. But nobody was viewed differently. Did the Prophet think that, oh well this person he's white. Oh well this person he's black. So therefore I should treat them differently. No. In any Hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Nowhere will you find that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam ever differentiated between his companions on the base of race and tribe. Never, never, never did he differentiate between them. Nor did he differentiate between those who had no tribe. You know. The, the, the most lowest of society in the days of Jahiliyyah were those who had no tribe. As in those whose ancestry was unknown. They were the most lowest of the low at the time. Even them, the Prophet ﷺ picked them up and granted them honor. Julaibib was one of them. We mentioned him in one of our khutbas. He was a man who's whose ancestry was unknown. Not only was his ancestry unknown, he was of disfigured appearance. Right? People regarded him as ugly. They didn't want to converse with him. They saw, they, they saw him as a repre reprehensible, reprehensible being. Yet the Prophet ﷺ granted him honor. The Prophet ﷺ lifted the companions up. When they needed it, the Prophet ﷺ was there for them. Telling them that, look, don't for one moment think that you are worthless. You are not worthless. You are precious to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Irrespective of who that individual was. Never did the Prophet ﷺ implicitly give one individual preference over the other. You know how you can do that? Okay, not explicitly saying I prefer one race over the other, but extending my time and you know exerting all my energy and my effort to help someone of standing, but if someone who was poorer didn't have much to do didn't have much to go with, I would ignore that person and not give them the time. You see, the Prophet even implicitly didn't do that. All of these nations, all of these different races that we look at, don't you think that there were 124,000 prophets and prophets were sent to every single nation? Imam Jalaluddin Suyuti states that every single nation, every single community, up until the community and the ummah of Muhammad was sent a prophet. Each and every one of them to be guided. Do you think you're the only one do you think that you and your race and your color are the only ones who have been guided and who have been blessed with guidance? Nobody else deserves it? Nobody else is worthy of it? No. 
we are all the children of Adam. The second thing that we have to remember is that our religion is a choice that an individual makes. There is no coercion in our religion. Our religion, Islam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, La ikrah fiddin. There's no compulsion in deen. There's no compulsion in religion. I can't force you to accept a particular religion. I can't force you to act upon a certain tradition. I can't do it. That's your personal choice. Therefore, we cannot encourage violence ever, even dream about it, against an individual for having the freedom of their own choice. You just can't do that, irrespective of who you think you are. The third thing, and I'm going through this very quickly now, I understand there's only a few minutes left. In Islam, racism and, and, and prejudice against the other is a major sin. The Prophet wasallam, in his final sermon reminded us of our responsibilities to one another. The Prophet wasallam, reminded us that no Arab is better than a non-Arab. No non-Arab is better than an Arab. Don't base your, uh, your, your tolerances for one another on the color of your skin or on the different parts of the world that you come from. No. You're the believers are but brothers. That's who we are. We're brothers and we should remain that way. You see the first, when you look at the first sin, and I'm going to go through this very quickly, the first sin that was... was was seen or was viewed. What was it? Was it murder? What was it? It was haughtiness. It was pride. The first sin that was the first individual who committed a sin was shaitan. What did he do? When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded him to prostrate before Adam alayhi salam, all of the angels relented. They prostrated before Adam. Except Iblis. What did he say? What did he give as a reason for not prostrating? Did he say, no, I just don't feel comfortable doing this. You know, I only wish to prostrate towards you and nobody else. No, it was a command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He should have fulfilled it immediately. What was his reasoning? This is an individual who has gained a status in with the angels. He has worshipped Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He was a beloved of Allah prior to this act yet what was it that tore him away from the good graces of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is what he said qala ana khayrun minhu khalaqtani min narin wa khalaqtahu min teen he said i am better than him you and he realizes this look at what he says khalaqtani min narin wa khalaqtahu min teen you have created me to Allah. You've created me. So he's acknowledging that Allah has created both. But still his ego, his pride, his levels of haughtiness, they got the better of him. You've created me from fire and you've created him from clay. I am better than him. Who? How does he know who's better if he believes that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who's created both of them. 
How can he regard himself as better over the other? We just can't make those distinctions because we are part of one creation. If anyone could make those distinctions, it's Allah, the creator. The one who knows what his creation is like. The ones who know who from among his creation is better than the other. He's the only one that can make those distinctions. And he hasn't. He's told us we're believers. He's told us we're brothers. He's told us we come from one man and from one woman. So it's important and it's imperative that we understand that even within our own communities to ensure that these kind of genocides that happen based on intolerance where, mass, where, where, where human beings are massacred, women and children indiscriminately killed, they're based upon intolerance and feelings of superiority over the other. So therefore we have to, uh, the fourth thing we have to understand is Injustice, oppression, persecution, vile things in Islam. Islam completely does not tolerate uh, any of them. They're utterly condemned by our religion. There's never any excuse or justification for harming, hurting, abusing, vilifying uh, somebody else on the basis of their skin color, on the basis of their religion, on the basis of their identity that just does not exist with our religion. The fifth thing that we have to understand is that even if someone does harbor grievances or ill feelings towards others, the Quran asks us to demonstrate the principle of forgiveness of anger. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, الَّذِينَ يُنْفِكُونَ فِي الصَّرَّاءِ وَالضَّرَّاءِ وَالْكَاذِبِينَ الْغَيْضَ وَالْعَافِينَ عَنِ النَّاسِ وَاللَّهُ يُحِبُّ الْمُحْسِنِينَ Those who give time in plenty and in time of hardship, they control their anger and they forgive the people. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves the doers of good. You know, the, the, the uh, why, if you look at the reasons as to why someone abuses somebody else, why somebody hurts or harms somebody else, it's often due to anger. You know, one of the rising, um, I was looking at the, uh, criminal statistics, and one of the rising crimes in, 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 in the UK is road rage road rage as if there is such a thing and unfortunately you know perhaps in some way shape or form we've all been guilty of that right when you get angry when you're on the road and you're stuck in traffic and somebody cuts you off and something's happened right one of the most rising crimes that the police are having to deal with is road rage <coughs> the people get angry unable to control their anger and they go berserk they do things which, which are in some way insane. They're unacceptable. This is why the Prophet ﷺ told us, don't think for one moment that the strongest person from among you, right, you, you can look around and think, who's the strongest person here? Is it the biggest, the tallest one? Perhaps the one who goes to the gym most often. Perhaps the one who has big... You know, he's big, broad-shouldered, big arms, who can lift the most heaviest of weights, who can punch a hole through a punching bag, punch a hole through a wall. No. The Prophet ﷺ told us that the strongest among you is not the one who wrestles the other to the ground. The strongest among you is the one who is able to control his anger when he gets angry. Who is able to control himself when he gets angry. That's the most strongest person from among us and that's something that we need to 
understand also. There's a hadith of the Prophet sallallahu You've heard of that hadith where the Prophet sallallahu said, a Muslim is he from whose hand and tongue other Muslims are safe. Now listen to this hadith of the Prophet sallallahu This was reported by Imam al-Nasai and Imam Ahmed in his Musnad. Also reported by Sayyidina Abu Hurair radiallahu ta'ala and he reports that the Prophet sallallahu said, Al-Muslimu man salim al-nasu min lisanihi wa yadi wal-mu'minu man aminahu al-nasu ala dima'ihim wa amwalihim. That a Muslim is he from whose hand and from whose tongue people are safe. Not just Muslims, people are safe. Everybody should be safe from our tongues and from our hands nobody should be afraid of our wrath of our anger nobody should be afraid that we may speak out against them and we may hurl vile abuse against them no a muslim is he from whose hand and tongue people in general are safe and the prophet sallallahu said a believer is is he whom in whom people place their trust in regards to their life and their wealth that's a believer people can entrust their wealth to us people can entrust their lives to us knowing that we're not going to uh, uh, betray their trust in any way shape uh, or form and 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 very quickly i just wanted to uh, remind you that we are it, it is what 23 years now after the the Srebrenica massacre that took place in Western Europe where over 8,000 Bosnian Muslim men and children were massacred and buried in in mass graves even today um, you know the the effects of that are being felt I have spoken personally to many um, sisters our Muslim sisters who went through that and who lost all of the men in their family you know the women who were systematically raped and the children who were killed in front of their very eyes <coughs> it's unbelievable uh, feeling and we have to uh, do what we can to raise awareness of these kind of issues because if we don't give them any importance and we don't raise awareness you know we're in just inviting other genocides to take place right we cannot keep a closed eye to, to injustice, to evil and immorality. We can't do that. We can't remain idle while injustice is taking place. We can't do that. We have to do whatever we can, exert all of our energy and our efforts to ensure that everybody, irrespective of their race, irrespective of their religion, their nationality, they are safe and we live in a safe world. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam told us, and I'll leave you with this, Man ra'a minkum munkaran fal yughayyir biyadeh. He from among you who sees something wrong being done, then he should change it with his hands, which means that he should physically bring about a change. And if he is unable to do that, then from with his tongue, which means that at least verbally he should express his discomfort at that. He should express that this is wrong, this is unacceptable. And if he's even unable to do that, then at least in his heart he should feel that this is wrong. 
so that justice, the flame of justice keeps burning inside his heart. And that those individuals who just merely in their hearts believe that this is wrong, you know, that's a sign of the weakest of faith. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we pray, grant us the strongest of faith. We pray uh, collectively that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, all of those individuals, our brothers and sisters who were killed and massacred so mercilessly, so mercilessly in 1995 in, in Western Europe. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant them uh, the highest of stations in, in Jannah. Those family members, uh, relatives, friends that they left behind. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant them the best of sabr. Uh, we pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to, uh, to have uh, an excellent relationship with our Muslim brothers and sisters and our non-Muslim brothers and sisters and our, count our non-Muslim counterparts. And we pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants us justice and tolerance for each other.